Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. Hey you, welcome back to episode two where we are talking about deliverance, just kind of walking our way through um, deliverance. What does it mean? Can a Christian have a demon? Uh, Did Jesus deliver? Did Jesus heal? Is there a difference between healing and deliverance? We talked about a lot of that in episode one. So if you missed episode one, I would encourage you to go back and check that out as well. But today we're going to be talking about the Great Commission and the authority that God has given to you over demons, over the demonic realm, over darkness and powers and principalities of darkness. Jesus never sent anyone out without empowering them to cast out demons. All over the Gospels, he intends, he includes deliverance of demons with his commission to go. We see this in Mark chapter 6, where he lays hands on his disciples and says, now you go and do it. And he gave them authority over demons. And so we see that any place where Jesus sends somebody out, he doesn't just send them out to talk about the gospel, but to demonstrate the power of the gospel through healing and deliverance. So important that we recognize this because I think it has been lost in today's society, especially in the American church where we are all about talking about the gospel, talking about Jesus. But the Bible says that the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but rather it is a matter of power. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, my message didn't come to you with wise and persuasive teaching, but instead it came with a demonstration of power. And I think this is where we have lost lost a lot of the oomph, the authority of the kingdom. This is why people aren't interested in Jesus because we're not giving them something different. Even the world is offering power. New age is offering power. Spirituality is offering power. Our kids get on on video games and they like to take on a superpower because it is a part of our design to walk in supernatural power because God has designed you to walk in the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. And it is important that you recognize that when God sent you out to preach the gospel, that he has also commissioned you and empowered you to minister healing and deliverance as well. I cannot stress that enough because we are ministering only a quarter of the gospel instead of recognizing that the gospel is not just about salvation, but it is also about healing. It is also about deliverance. It is also about restoration. It is about resurrection. It's about living life to the full. And we must include this when we're ministering the gospel to people. So anytime Jesus sent somebody out in the gospels, he also commissioned them and gave them empowerment, empowered them to deliver demons. He called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure all diseases. It says that in Luke 9, 1. In Luke 10, 19, it says, behold, I give you authority. God is speaking to you. God says, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy. 
that nothing by any means shall hurt you. Now, some of us don't even get that in our own lives. You may be watching this and saying, I haven't even figured out how to trample the serpents in my own mind then this is for you. You're gonna to wanna to leave me a comment. You're gonna to wanna to share this with your friends who are walking in the oppressiveness of addiction, depression, anger, whatever it is they're struggling with. Definitely a believer, but not coming into the fullness of life, allowing the enemy to continue to steal the joy and the empowerment that God has given to us. Remember the Bible says that it was for this purpose that the Son of God was manifested to utterly destroy the works of the devil. We should not be influenced by any kind of demonic influence in our life. This includes addiction, pornography, depression, fear, anxiety, worry, panic anxiety, panic anxiety attacks, struggling with loneliness, abandonment, perfectionism, the list goes on and on. These are things that God has set you free from through the blood of Jesus. And we must learn how to minister deliverance to ourselves first so that we become very good at ministering deliverance to others. In Matthew 10, 1, it says, And when he, meaning Jesus, had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. Again, we don't see a big distinguishment between deliverance and sickness in the Bible because where there's a demon, there's typically sickness, and where there's sickness, there's typically some kind of demonic oppression. And so we want to recognize that Jesus addressed both. It goes on as Matthew 10, 10, 7 through 8 says, And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And there we go back to that. Have you received freely the full deliverance and the full healing that God made available to you through the blood of Jesus? But what we learn here is that the gospel was more than, uh, than just a matter of talking. It was a matter of doing. So it's not just about talking about Christ. It's doing and being Christ to that person. It's engaging in the ministry of Jesus. The word of God must be accompanied by action. Evangelism is action. In the Old Testament, that's why the whole book of Acts is called Acts, because it was a giant act of evangelism. And we have made evangelism all about just talking about Jesus. In Mark chapter, chapter 16, verses, starting in verse 15, it says this, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. These are the signs that should be following you. If you are a child of God, you believe in Jesus Christ, these signs should be following you. In other words, you should not be following these signs. They should be pouring out from your life. In my name, they will cast out demons. Very first thing he says, they will speak in new tongues. Now, I'd love to do an entire teaching on that, but let me say this. I do 100% believe in a spiritual language and the gift of tongue, but I also believe just as powerfully is the ability to speak in a new language to yourself, the way you speak over yourself, the way you speak about people. I think a new tongue is I don't gossip, I don't slander, I don't criticize. All of those things should be removed from our life and there should be evidence in our tongue that we are believers. It should be a sign. The way we use our tongue, the language that we use, the way we encourage people or not encourage people, those are all evidence of what is going 
going on in your heart. So I don't want to limit us that tongue to just spiritual language. I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to broaden what is being said here and recognize that a new tongue is more than just speaking in tongues. It goes on and it says, they will take up serpents, which is authority over demons. It means I can take anger off of my mind and be like, anger, I'm tired of you managing me. I am going to manage you. Depression, I am tired of being managed by you in my life. I am going to manage you. Anxiety, you don't get to manage me anymore. You don't get to control me. You don't get to decide for me how I'm going to feel in this moment. But God says I can take up a serpent with my hand and tell it where to go, what's going to happen, and take authority over it. It goes on, it says if they drink anything deadly, it will no, by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Then it goes on in verse 19 and it says, And so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven, sat down at the right hand of God, and they went out and preached everywhere. Listen to this. And the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. What signs? The signs I just read about. So it wasn't just the preaching of the word. The word was confirmed through the accompanying signs. Again, I cannot stress to you enough that if you're just talking about Jesus, talk, 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 but there is no accompanying sign, most specifically in the way that you love people, the way you talk about people, the life that you live, who you are, the integrity that you walk in then there is no purpose for the preaching of the word. God says that the word must be confirmed. It is confirmed in the hearts of people. That is the evidence that they see. So you can, I can tell people whatever I want them to believe, but the evidence in which I live in actually proves what I believe. And that's why God is saying it has to be more than a matter of talk. It's gotta be a matter of power, demonstration, accompanying signs. The Bible says in Acts chapter 8, 5 through 7, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things that were spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles that he did. So he didn't, they didn't just hear, they got to see the demonstration of the Spirit. They got to see the demonstration of the gospel. For unclean, spirits, uh, for unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. Again, all in one fell swoop, deliverance, healing. And there was great joy in that city. Acts chapter 8 again. So we see that God has given us, God has given you, God, you have given me authority. God has given you authority over demons. See, God's not a God who would tease you or set you up to fail. If he commands you to go and cast out demons, then he will empower you for the work. And so this is, these are really important things for us to learn and important things for you to know uh, before you begin to engage in deliverance. Because in the next episode, I'm gonna begin to walk you through steps to deliverance. But before I do this, let's read through a biblical biblical example. I'm in Mark chapter 1, verses 23 through 27. Now there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit. He cried out saying, let us alone. What do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One. But Jesus rebuked him saying, be quiet, come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. That easy, that simple. I'm gonna point out a couple of things that we learned just from this passage alone. Then they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves saying, who is this? 
Come on, he brought more than just a word. He brought more than a teaching. There was a supernatural demonstration that made them go, oh my goodness, what is happening here? This is something that cannot be defined. This is something that cannot be described. Why? Because it is supernatural. I'm tired of intellectualizing the gospel, y'all. I'm tired of people uh, telling me, uh, taking the letter of the law not and dismissing the spirit of the law and not recognizing the empowerment that we have to walk in freedom and authority over demons in our lives. We have become a victimed people and we have forgotten the authority that God has given to us to cast out demons. Goes on and it says, what is this? What is this new doctrine? For what with authority he commands even unclean spirits and they obey him. So the unclean spirit was the man who was under the influence of. Remember, to be demonized means to come under the influence of. And so he was under the influence of an unclean spirit. Note also that the demons recognized Jesus before anybody else did. They came to Jesus. Unclean spirits will recognize you They will, re- and they will try and frighten you. They recognize Jesus in you. They recognize the Holy Ghost in you and they actually fear you, but they will try and come to you and spook you. I was with a client or uh, somebody who came in uh, a couple of days ago and she was really wrestling with feeling like she absolutely had a demonic uh, spirit that hovered over her life her entire life. She was a very, very sick person. And as she was sitting there, uh, she began to get very uncomfortable. And I asked her, what's going on with you? What's happening right now? And she looked me right in the eye and she said, he doesn't like you. He wants me to leave. He doesn't like you. He doesn't like you at all. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm sure he doesn't. And then she said, well, he wants you to know you've never faced one as big as him. And I just looked at her and I said, that's what they all say. <laughs> because they want to scare you. But the reality is you cannot cast out a demon. The Holy Ghost in you is what's going to cast that thing out. And so there is nothing more powerful than the Holy Ghost and the blood of Jesus Christ. And you've got to stand firm on that. He goes on and says, this is what's interesting, is demons are drama. Remember that. He says, we, demons try and dramatize things. So when he refers to himself as we, instead of I, he tries to make himself appear bigger. There are more of us than there are of you. And what does the Bible says? If God is for you, who can stand against you? There is more with you than are against you. And so the enemy came to Jesus and used the word we because he's, he's drama and he tried to appear bigger than what he really was. And then I love that Jesus just stands in that authority and says, be quiet. And he muzzled that demon. Jesus did not deal with the man. He dealt with the demon. So we must separate the man from the spirit. So these are some things that we learned just from this passage alone. In the next episode, we're going to be going over the steps of deliverance. And again, I keep saying that in quotes because there are no really methods in the Bible. Otherwise, we we would be strategizing discernment and we must discern things in the spirit and learn how to listen to the spirit in a moment so that we can begin to walk through some of the practicalities of, of when we're ministering deliverance. All right, you guys, see you on the next episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.